Feel Good Hemp is the first and only brand to offer high-quality CBD oil products alongside a free platform that offers proven self-help and self-healing techniques, all to help you feel good naturally. Feel Good Hemp was started by Noah and his wife, Danielle, after they used hemp oil and other techniques to save Noah's father from a terminal cancer diagnosis. Now, I heard this story firsthand when I interviewed Noah. It's a real good one, and it's probably the most heartfelt and compelling story I've ever heard about why someone started a CBD company. So Feel Good Hemp is more than just a great place to buy CBD products. It's actually a community of like-minded souls committed to feeling good and doing good. So use coupon code GENIUS33 at checkout to save a third or 33% site-wide on your first purchase. Visit feelgoodhemp.org to shop now and access their free empowerment platform. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense, common knowledge, or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do, but only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. I have uh, Steve Willis. He's known all over Australia, actually, as Commando Steve. Uh, He's one of the country's most recognized and respected fitness experts. He's been working in fitness since 2005. We're going to go into his bio a bit more shortly, but uh, Steve, thanks for coming. Oh, now it's a pleasure, Richard. Yeah. Oh, a little bit excited to chat. Well, good. Well, tell me about your uh, your background and your history. Like, have you been in, in interested in fitness your whole life, or did something happen to cause you to be interested? Yeah, no. So I've I've always been, you know, very physical uh, as a youngster. I guess you know, my like most boys, very hyperactive, and um, I spent a lot of time outdoors. You know, at school playing sport. Uh, I think uh, I was watching. You know, back in the in the eighties. Here in Australia, what they used to call Wide World of Sport on one of the TV stations. And there was like Mr. Olympia, I think, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I was like, I want to be like that guy. And um, so I just, I wanted to get into the gym and start lifting weights and training. And, um, you know, in my in my early teens, my parents allowed me to. And it was like a duck to water. I just, I loved it. Well, that's really cool. So how long have you been actively training yourself? And then how long have you been working with other people? Yeah, well, I, um, you know, from, from my teens, you know, training in the gym and I joined the army when I was 18 and I went to, went into a special forces unit um, here in Australia known as the second commando regiment. And on top of everything that was kind of expected for that role, I also did my own stuff. And, um, you know, in, uh, you know, I did 10 years in the military and, you know, the, just making the decision to leave, I was like, well, what is it that I enjoy? And, you know, the training was a near dear friend to me. I had a, a good working relationship with it. So I thought, you know, everything that I learned in the military, you know, what I learned about myself through my own training, you know, what better way to, um, to kind of live my life and, and, and be of service to others and you kind of continue that service from the military and, you know, doing personal training and group training and kind of boot camps, which, you know, kind of fitted the, the image that, um, well, in my own mind from the time I uh, had spent in the military. So what does it look like today, your practice? Are you, are you spending most of your time doing like boot camps or individual one-on-one training? Is there any specialty well, type training? Yeah, well, from you know, being a trainer on The Biggest Loser, you know, there's, a, there's a profile. So I was doing a lot of corporate work 
and uh, I was traveling all over Australia. And then, you know, as we've all been affected by COVID, that work evaporated. And I found myself kind of back on the ground in front of the troops, you know, just the everyday person, the general public. And uh, we were doing a lot of outdoor training because a lot of gyms and, and facilities were shut down. You couldn't do anything indoors. And I guess having a four wheel drive, you know, a big truck and, um, and equipment, I just loaded it up and I'd take it to the park. And on a Saturday, Sunday morning, we'd have, you know, at least 90 to 120 people, you know, come through you know, three different sessions. And then we started running sessions through the week and like a whole new business was kind of born out of that. And we've, uh, the reason I'm sitting in my car is because we've just moved indoors and um, it's the best way to put it is, you know, CrossFit, you know, where my, my kind of flavor on CrossFit. And that's something that I've, I've uh, also done for a very long time, you know, from the time I left the military and, you know, I was one of the first CrossFitters, especially here in Australia. And I competed in the 2009 uh, CrossFit games and I'm still, I think the highest rank ranked Aussie. I finished fourth at the game. So having an understanding of that methodology and group training and the military is kind of, it's been fun, been a learning curve, but um, also, you know, being able to impart those skills and that understanding, you know, into others and for them to then have their own journey. When you teach a group, how do you accommodate the different levels of fitness? Do you screen people so that you don't get like uh, people that are really into it and people that are just, you know, like almost at the point of death, just trying to do the exercise in the same yeah. group or like, what do you do? Well, we, we scale and you know, we modify, give alternate exercises. We, um, I guess over the years, doing a lot of group training and, and, you know, boots on the ground and meeting people for the first time and really getting to, like having to feel them out in, in that, that moment. There isn't like any, you know, pre-screening. You know, I might have a group of 100 people or I might have had a group of 300 on a beach, you know, like a, a technology conference and I've got to train or just, you know, do run like a bit of a fun session on a beach. I've kind of got to get a quick understanding and I've, I've derived a little warm up that um, kind of is yoga based and it gives me a good indication of people's strengths and weaknesses, their mobility, their range of movement. And then I prescribe from there. And um, I guess it's just years of cutting your teeth doing it and, and that experience. Um, and I try to be as inclusive as possible. So we might, we've got kids showing up that are 13, 14 training with us through to, to grandma in her you know, late sixties and they all do you know, the same class, but we do, we got the equipment that we scale, you know, if people can't run, we'll put them on a bike or a ski or, or a rower or something, you know, to lower the impact, you know, some might be using barbells and then we'll give others, you know, some light dumbbells or just some, some plate weights, you know, people are doing box jumps. We might get others to just do some step ups or squat to a chair. Like there's so many different mm. ways in which you can prescribe exercise and what I learned from CrossFit is it's relative, both physically and mentally. You know, someone, one person's stimulus is, is you know, completely different to another's. And um, you just need to use the eyes in your head to observe that and um, do your due diligence and, uh, and prescribe accordingly. So what are some of the uh, interesting differences you've seen, you know, are men a certain way? Yeah, like men, men tend to be quite apprehensive. Are there different ages that you know, where you see there's a huge difference in athletic ability or willingness? Like, what do you see? Yeah, like it's, I find that women um, in, a, in a collective, in a group kind of setting are a lot 
more willing to step outside their comfort zone and try new things. It takes a lot of encouraging to get men to that, um, to that place. And I think it's our pride, it's our ego. We don't want it to be tarnished or bruised. But then, you know, like late 40s, 50s, you know, people coming in, they're kind of over it. They're, they don't really care whether people, you know, are, are looking at them or not. They're, they're not concerned. They've recognized that, that most people are so focused on themselves, they're not seeing anybody else. And um, what they tend to need more of is that mobility, is that range of movement and working a lot of neural skills. So it's, you know, lower impact stuff. It's that, it's that activation. And then, you know, dial up, dial in the intensity a little bit as they become accustomed to it. And then the kids, they're a clean slate. Like a lot of them, it's, um, it's more about the motivation with the younger ones and it's encouraging them because humanity's not as active as it, as it probably once was. And, um, you know, most of us nowadays to, be physically active. We, we do, we engage with gyms and, you know, group training or play sport. You know, we're not out toiling, you know, day in, day out, like, you know, humanity once did in a physical sense. I've been in and out of shape at various points in my life. And each time I've stopped and then I get back into it, it's harder. And now I'm in my mid forties and it's definitely a lot harder to have gotten back. What have you observed with your own fitness? And again, with the fitness of the people that you coach, like, um, you know, as people get older, how much slower do they need to go? What are some special things that they need so that they can get back in the game and not feel frustrated or want to give up? I think there's always frustrations. And I think it's, it's, it's how you articulate that and help them to understand that you, you will feel frustrated because you're good at maybe just because you're good at something doesn't mean you're good at everything. And it's through that practice that you gain those skills and that understanding. But the biggest thing is mobility, you know, especially you know, people who come to us, you know, late in their later thirties, into their forties, who haven't been doing a lot, doing a bit of a flow, you know, some downward dogs, some cat cows, working some thoracic rotation, you know, doing some pigeon type stretch, you know, all this stuff again derived from yoga to just help mobilize and free up the body. It's like taking the handbrake off. So that um, you know, in a workout as such, you you move more efficiently and effectively. But then that increased mobility and range of movement you take into everyday life. And that's where it's most important, not just in the gym. It's all about, you know, harnessing and um, enhancing everyday life so you can just show up, you know, a better version of yourself. Supplementing with hemp CBD products is one of the best things you can do for your overall wellness or to improve conditions like chronic pain, sleep issues, anxiety or depression, or other conditions related to inflammation. Feel Good Hemp offers high-quality CBD oil products alongside a free platform of proven self-help and self-healing techniques, all to help you feel good naturally. They're offering our listeners a very generous 33% off their first purchase. Use the coupon code GENIUS33 at checkout, and you'll save 33%. Visit feelgoodhemp.org to shop now and access their free empowerment platform. Yeah, I think one exercise that... I think it would be really good for people to do is to lay down on the floor and stand up, lay down on the floor and stand up. And if you can do that 10 times and you're anywhere like 40 plus, I think it's probably like, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Something like that is, um, and that's, that's right. It's, it's more around movement. And I think we do get caught up in the complexities of things. And we think that it needs to be you know, something more than, than it is when really, as you just said, you know, just setting a task and asking yourself, you know, to complete a number of repetitions in a given time or just a number of repetitions, 
and and then reinforcing that consistently. That's what's important. And then um, it's through that practice you become more refined and you understand what it is that you're doing better. You also understand yourself better. And mental well-being and health and everything is at the forefront of where humanity is nowadays. We're, you know, we're talking about it a lot, especially here in Australia and you know, anxieties and stress. And the mind is a hard thing to control. But one thing that we, we can better control is our bodies. And it's through that, I guess, means or that, um, that avenue that we can reach further into our mind and, and understand ourselves and have a better relationship. And, um, and then you know, it opens the door to many other things. Depending on the age of the person or their circumstance, like what are realistic goals for various types of personas of people and what are not realistic that you've observed? Yeah. Like if I'm uh, 50, what would be yeah. uh, reasonable goals and what would be like, eh, don't think you're going to be able to do that for a while, you know, versus <laughs> someone that's 20 or 70 or whatever. Yeah. Like it's, uh, I guess that's it's the participation. Maybe it's competitions, you know, someone that's you know, in their late forties, fifties, you know, come to you and they're looking to, um, you know, maybe compete you know, or, or do a marathon or uh, go on a triathlon, you know, something along those lines. And it's like, well, there's a solid, you know, year, 12 months of, um, of training and, and, um, and practice that needs to, to uh, go into place there to, to make sure that, um, you know, your body and your mind is prepared for what it is that you're, you're going to go through. And again, a lot of people it's at that age group um, that haven't been active is, is gaining an understanding of, of themselves and what is required. And that can be um, quite agitating for people because they, they observe others and they want to get after it. But, you know, the recovery side of things, that mobility, that range of movement, as we get older, it diminishes quickly if we don't um, practice it daily. And um, it's, again, it's just, it's having those conversations with people, helping them to understand and kind of lower the obstacles so that they put the practice in and, and encouraging them to do more in their own time and not just like when they're in front of a trainer or in a group class. So uh, the people that are successful, you know, the ones that are starting from a disadvantage or they're older or, you know, they're super out of shape. Like, what have you seen are the hallmarks of their success? Why are the successful people successful and the ones that are not, not? It's, it's a switch. Something changes within a person and there's a dogged determination. They're just, you've got to become relentless you know, with your physical activity, with your nutrition and with your approach. And that approach is a, is a mindset. It's, it's having structure and routine. It's, it's discipline and, um, even when you don't feel like doing something, you've got to be willing to do it. And I'm not just saying at an intensity level or, you know, going for a run. It could be sitting in a squat. It could be, you know, doing a stretch and holding it instead of three minutes, holding it for five minutes, holding it for 10 minutes because the body needs it. You've got to really tune in to yourself. And for those who haven't put that practice in, it can be quite challenging because, what it requires is for you to spend a lot of time with yourself. And many of us have spent many years distracting ourselves from ourselves with television, with food, with constantly engaging with different things. And um, all of a sudden, we've got to get to know ourselves better and, 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 um, and, and gain a deeper understanding. 
Yeah, it's weird that someone would be like that, but it makes total sense. I guess if you constantly you're busy with looking at your cell phone or watching videos or, you know, if you never have a moment to yourself to think, I'm sure training forces that upon you, at least for the time you're training. And it's probably like a good mental break as well as a physical, you know, exercise. Yeah, I, I call it an active meditation because, you know, you, you'll have a prescription, a workout that, you know, for, for us, you know, we, uh, we provide that and we say, right, this is what you're, you're doing today. And um, it encourages people to focus and be you're more attentive to what's going on in the present moment. Uh, and, and then everything else kind of falls away and, and there's that physical um, interaction. And then we take it into that, into that next stage where we also at the end or, and, and with like meditation or just mindfulness, get people to, to just sit and be still, you know, with themselves for, uh, for a period of time and just work on encouraging that. And, you know, over time you see people take on those practices for themselves and they recognize how just taking some time out to just be still, to just encourage yourself, yourself to not overthink and, um, and get caught up in, you know, the story stories you might tell yourself, you, 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 it, you tend to not, burden yourself and and use up a lot of your um your resources your energy unnecessarily and therefore you've got more energy to put into the things that you enjoy and um you're passionate about what what kind of um modalities do you do in training like you mentioned crossfit do you do Mm -hmm. postural work or stim or you know do people get massages afterwards like what what are some of the modalities and things that you use in the workouts to help people yeah. So uh, again, in the, uh, in the warm ups, it's, it's very much those ranges of movement, breathing, you know, just bringing it back to the, the, the fundamentals of breathing rather than using time as a means of measure. I'll, um, we'll hold positions, um, for a number of breaths. So we'll, you know, I'll, I'll talk to the class and say we're in downward dog and all right. So we're holding this for five breaths. And one breath essentially is a four count in breath and a six count out breath. And if you do that, you know, five times, there's approximately a minute and then we transition. So it's, you're, you're, you're just encouraging people to be more conscious and aware of themselves. Other modalities, you know, we've got, you know, the cardiovascular. So, you know, we've got a lot of the concept two type stuff and we do resistance or weight training and you know, we incorporate Olympic weightlifting, you know, even, even just with, um, you know, like a dowel or some PVC. So it's light. So it's more neural. And then a lot of body weight or gymnastic type exercise, your push ups, your squats, lunges and, um, and the like. And then recovery side of things, again, stretching, static stretching. You know, there's a lot of places and where we are. There's a recovery center, so there's massage, there's floats, so they can you know go and do a, a float. There's sauna, the infrared saunas. You, know, you can do cold therapy as well for those who like to, to get in a, an ice bath and kind of test themselves and their breathing mechanics. So there's, there's so many different things that we can do that um, just help to promote you know well an overall sense of well-being and health. Are there uh, like avatars of different clients you have? You know, like... Oh, so and so is the the this, and so and so. Oh, they're they're like you know. Do you do you classify people into different groups that you've observed over time? Like you know, people tend to fall into three groups or five groups, or whatever. Yeah, no, not not particularly. Like, but we do have like the the class larrikins or, or you know, um, the clown essentially who 
Yeah, they're all, all, I guess a better way of putting it is they're like Tigger. They're always full of energy and bouncing around and encouraging others and kind of leading by example in that way. And then you've got others who are quite or quiet and, you know, kind of keep to themselves, but they're very disciplined. And um, you can see that they're not just disciplined in the gym environment or the, the, the training environment, but in every other aspect of their lives. And I think, you know, people have conversations before and after classes and ask one another about, you know, the different things and how uh, that they do in everyday life to kind of encourage, you know, something, you know, some people, it's about weight loss. For others, it's about just dealing with the stresses of life better. And, um, you know, we talk about that collectively, but also people have those micro conversations, uh, you know, amongst themselves, which is, um, which is great because that creates community. What have you observed that people really like about your uh, training and leadership in particular? I guess there's that, uh, there's, it's complete. We, um, it's not just about the physical aspect. You know, we, we implement, you know, around uh, nutrition as well and just you know, eating whole foods and, and just being sound in, uh, in that regard, but not, not to the point of um, where it's uh, how do I, like nauseating as such. And, and the mindfulness. So, um, people get a bit of it all and we discuss and, and people, you know, people injure themselves. They, they present the things. Training can bring up a lot of things that, um, may have been there before, but, um, because they haven't been doing too much, they're not aware. And we work with people to, to help them, you know, overcome, you know, different issues, you know, in different areas of their life, you know, whether that's a physical thing, whether that's, you know, the stresses and, and you know, dealing with kids and, and work and just having conversations to, to maybe give people some, um, you know, like a signpost, you know, something else to kind of investigate and, um, and go after. And the one thing that keeps, you know, us going is as our sense of community and inclusiveness, you know, providing a safe environment. And when you do that and people feel safe, they feel welcome. They feel like they belong, that they're, they're grounded and, when someone feels grounded, much like a child, you know, being brought up, they're more willing to extend themselves and step into the unknown and challenge their own fears. And that's beautiful. That's, that's to see someone, you know, challenge themselves and lift a little bit heavier or, you know, go a little bit faster. Um, whereas in the past, there was fear and apprehension. That, that puts a big smile on my face. Well, that's really good. What's the future of your work? Like what kind of changes are you making or what kind of things do you think still need to be addressed that um, you're working on addressing? For us, it, well, it's, I feel we've got that, that community, I guess I'm fortunate, you know, having profile and, you know, being reasonably well known. Um, what I'd like to see with the shift in how I've been doing business and getting this uh, facility up and off the up and running is get this right. And then, um, and then franchise or uh, or do a number of um, different ones in the major cities um, here in Australia. Okay, grow, well, very good. Grow the community, you know, uh, like a bigger, broader community. Are there certain groups that you feel like um, are not you're not reaching, or they're just um, they need more of a push than others that you want to address? Yeah, definitely, man. I think there's still a lot of apprehension. There's uh, there's a hangover of an old way of thinking. But you can see you can see a shift coming, and, and men are a lot more willing to to try different things, to engage, you know, without their wives or their girlfriends holding their hand and kind of, you know, giving them a push in a direction. Because 
men's mental health and and physical health, you know, the chronic illness is is still a big concern. And um, you know, we I believe men need to be more willing to take care of themselves and um, not just kind of use the excuse of they're busy and you know they've got to put food on the table and provide. You know, you've got to be um, you got to do that due diligence and um, kind of do some self reflection. You know, I'm a father of four. I love spending time with my kids, and I, I you know, being active and physical, and you know, being able to kind of get on the ground and roll around, kick a football, you know, go to the beach is means more to me, you know, with my kids than pretty much doing anything else. Yeah, you, you were saying that um, I was surprised by that, but men, what they're more resistant to training. Do they? Do they feel like they can't do it or do they feel like they don't want to do it or they're too busy? Like, what are the excuses? I think it's just a mindset. It's, um, it's kind of been adopted over the, over the generations is, yeah, it'll be right. We'll, um, you know, it's, you might have something that presents itself and just you disregard it rather than going, getting it checked out or recognizing that you need to make change, you know, maybe change your diet or whatever. We tend to leave things until it's too late or you know, too far down the track. It becomes something bigger than it than it needed to be. Okay. For people in Australia, where, where can you serve them? Like, where do they have to be? Or can you do worldwide? And, you know, how do they get in contact? Well, we've, I've got the Commando Steve website. So anyone, you know, around the world can jump on there and, and check out what we're doing. Social media, it's all uh, Commando Steve. And, um, you know, Instagram, Facebook, you know, jump on, shoot me a message, say hello, ask a question. You know, I'm always, uh, I'm always up for a chat and, you know, kind of you know, hearing people's, uh, perspective on things and, you know, challenging questions, um, help you to grow. Um, I love to, um, I'm a curious cat and I love to, um, to investigate things and, um, and gain a deeper understanding. So it's kind of that, 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 that knowledge. And education goes both ways. And you know, with the training that we do, we're kind of in the Sydney area. And um, we also offer Zoom sessions. So the live sessions that we run with people on the ground, people can also Zoom in and participate in those sessions online as well. Okay. And then um, last question. So if someone hasn't worked out in a while and they're, they're just afraid, you know, they're afraid of hurting themselves or afraid of exertion or sweat or... Yeah. Who knows, you know, a million different things. What What are some baby steps for people to take? Like, how do they get started with improving their fitness? I guess that you've got to move. Yeah. If you can, if you can walk, go out for a walk. If you've got a dog, put it on a leash, go for a walk, you know, walk up to or build up to um, doing at least three 30 minute sessions a week. And then, and then progressively add from there, increase your incidental fitness, you know, work on, be more um, aware of, you know, the little things, you know, you hear about, you know, if you're going somewhere, a shopping center, park your car a little further away and, and walk rather than trying to find a car spot, you know, right next to the doors of the shops or your, your nutrition side of things. Just work on eating whole foods, you know, get those fruits and vegetables, you know, things that are, that are grown in the ground. If you're into eating your, your protein sources, you know, have as natural a protein sources as possible rather than, you know, the packaged type stuff and make sure you get the fluids in on and, and that's water you know a lot of people rely on on soft drinks and and you know things that um have th- that have added extras to it whereas you know plain plain water is uh is good for you the body needs it 
and take some time out, you know, for yourself. Work on being mindful. And the best way to do that is do work some drills or drills as such, but um, with your breathing. And there's some great stuff on YouTube. On uh, what's that? Not yeah, Spotify as well. If you if you're on that, you can plug it in and um, you know, just some guided like meditations or breathing exercises to just become more mindful and aware of yourself. And um, you've got to you've got to be consistent. You've got to make it a daily practice. And the more you make mm-hmm. it a daily practice, the more refined it becomes. And you'll you'll figure the things out that you enjoy. Okay, very good. It makes sense. Well, Commando Steve, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And uh, it's good that you're a, a, you know, a beacon for people that want to get in better shape. It's possible. So thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Richard. Remember, before you go, supplementing with hemp CBD products is one of the best things you can do for your well-being. Get your CBD from a company that cares and offers you holistic support in your healing or wellness journey. Feel Good Hemp is giving our listeners 33% off their first purchase. You can use coupon code Genius33 at checkout to save 33% site-wide. Visit feelgoodhemp.org to shop now and access their free empowerment platform. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.